It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully. He's Gordon Mack. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is the email address. And we begin today with the sad news about the passing of Cameron Burrell at the age of 26. Burrell was the 2018 NCAA champion in the 100 and the 4x100-meter relay at the University of Houston. His father, Leroy, of course, the head coach of the University of Houston and a track and field legend. His mother, Michelle, won an Olympic gold medal as well and over the past couple days after the news broke about burrell's death there's been an outpouring of grief and remembrance from across the track and field community at the beginning of the show wanted to pass along our condolences to burrell's family friends and everybody um, who's a part gordon of that university of houston community after this, this tragedy yeah when the news hit it just didn't feel real gonna be honest um i remember when we went and filmed that 2019 uh, Speed City Houston film, you know, I worked a lot with Leroy. Cam was always there a couple times. He had graduated since then, but he was part of that that strong, like alumni contingent who was always around doing workouts. And it's just, it's just so feels so weird seeing someone pass that young. It's someone that you covered, you talked to that person. You interacted with them, you watched them run, you talked about their great races, and then all of a sudden it's just done. It just doesn't feel real. It's very sad. And I definitely got a feel for, you know, his teammates like Eli Hall, who like basically was with them all the way through high school, through college. You know, he transferred to Houston to be with Cam. They went one, two in the hundred. They they won the four by one back to back years. It just that whole Houston track and field, you know, community is devastated because you just don't see something like this happening. You don't, you don't prepare for it. You're not ready. And then when it happens, you don't know what to do. And obviously grief is the first thing, but man, it just, it feels so wild and like not real yet, even though it's been a few days. 
It's sad. Hey, Amen. Mm-hmm. Say you love your your friends and family, right? Every day. That's mm-hmm. the only thing you can take away from this. So. And he's he's been like I said a member of the track and field community for for a while. I mean, I guess if you think about his parents, his his whole life, he's he's been part of this community here. So you know, teammates he had at Houston, everybody. Um, it seems like when they're sharing experiences, had a had a story about how great of a teammate he was. I'll remember the 2018 NCAA championships when after he won the 100. Gordon, do you remember this? He dedicated the race to Brian Barraza, who had fallen in the steeplechase, um, which I thought was just an incredible display of how he thought about his team. Just a selfless nod, a true show of leadership there. He has um, this great victory, but he's thinking about, you know, not even someone in his own event group, <laughs> someone in a completely different event. And he took his time to to recognize him and and to dedicate his race because um, he he always seemed you know focused on on the team. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot more remembrances about him. Encourage everybody to go look at the learn from the people who um, who knew him best. But just a terribly terribly sad uh, sad news in the track and field world. Yeah. And again, you got to feel for, you know, coach Leroy, he, he puts a lot of, you know, energy and time into the sport of track and field, obviously from his pro days to now being a coach and, you know, nothing was probably more important to him than seeing his, his own son go through coaching him when he was in high school and to coach him in college and post-college. And it's just, you don't expect things like this, right? You, this is not a, a challenge you're prepared for. You don't know how, you know, you're prepared for heartbreak of, you know, a breakup or an injury or just, you know, bad luck here and there. You're just not prepared for something this, this uh, extreme. So once again, yeah, nothing but love out to the Houston family and especially the Burrell family. You see a photo there with coach Burrell and his son and the rest of the family there. It's just, oh, so it's sad. That's I guess that's mm-hmm. really, you really don't have any other words, right? It's just you don't you don't know how to kind of react. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, and, th- and there's no good way to to pivot from that to talking about track and field. But um, again, condolences out to to everybody at Houston and um, wishing them the best through this this horrible tragedy. Um, so yeah, so let's let's pivot now. Let's talk about uh, track and field. I know it's going to be difficult to do that, but um, we wanted to recap some of the races that we wanted to see in the second half of the, the season. So we talked about last time we had kind of given out the, the best ofs of the Olympics. Now we're looking post-Olympics. And it is an interesting setup here, Gordon, because the pre-classic is in a couple weeks. So not only is the... Not only are there diamond leagues after the Olympics, but the pre-classic is one of those diamond leagues, which typically attracts the best American fields of the entire year. So we have an interesting dynamic here set up where I think we're going to see better racing post-Olympics or post-world championships than we're used to seeing, despite the fact that we're coming off of this 
big event at the Olympics. How do you, before we get into specific matchups, how do you see the the next, I guess, six weeks or, or maybe even a month of racing that we have left going in track and field? I, I'm, I'm going to go with the, the opposite take. I don't think we're going to see better racing. I think um, we're going to see... Better than normal, not better than Tokyo. We're going to see... Better than normal, not better. Yeah, okay. But like we're going to see things promoted as something that's going to feel like we're going to get to that level of what the Olympic uh, vibe was like. But I don't think we're going to hit there. I just think once you come off that Olympic high, you just kind of run out of goals, right? And I... There is the goal of a Diamond League championship, which will get you an auto berth to uh, Worlds next year, which would be something you know mm-hmm. some athletes are going to be looking at. Like a thing Mo could be like, hey, I could not have to run the 800 at the trials if I win this Diamond League, and then maybe I could just do the 400 at the trials, right? So there could be unique type of things happening. Um, but yeah, I always get my hopes up that these athletes are going to still – give us something exciting and incredible post-Olympics or post-Worlds, but it always kind of doesn't really come through. But I'm mm. willing to be optimistic. Um, and let's let this Prefontaine Classic does look good. We'll preview it probably next week as we get closer to it. But mm-hmm. hopefully these Diamond Leagues, the remaining Continental Tours, and the Diamond League Final will be a vehicle to get some of these races we want to see, which is what this podcast is, right? We're doing top 10 or top five or six or seven races we want to see post-Olympics? I have eight. I have top eight. eight. There you go. Top eight. eight. Number top one, eight. <laughs> number one, you mentioned her name before, but how fast can a thing Mo go? Because she ran from the front, running that 155 at the Olympics. She, of course, didn't have a rabbit there, didn't have a rabbit in the Olympic trials, we're going to get to see this one. And and the top of this list is races that I think we're actually going to see. So it's going from most likely down to least likely, but this pre classic 800 is going to be, is going to be pretty good. But just in general, I just want to see a thing, Mo, how fast can she go when the focus is not just winning, but time as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see that too, because she hasn't really been pushing the 800. It's wild to say that. But even the Olympic champion feels like she hasn't been pushed. I I mean, the closest she's come in an 800, I don't even know, probably the semis of like USA's maybe, because mm-hmm. all of her collegiate 800s were, you know, winning by multiple seconds. A lot of her other 800s, I mean, a lot of their close races were indoor 400s, right? That's the only time she's really yep. been challenged much. So... I do think we do need to see what is peak a thing Mo in an 800. She's 155 now. I think in 2021, maybe peak is 154, another 155. I don't think we get to that 153 potential world record range until next year or the year after. But I think she repeats it and runs like another 155. That's what I think she does. She's run five finals of an 800 this year two indoors one of them was in college station one of them was at the sec championship then she ran that 157 outdoors in in waco then she ran the trials then she ran the olympics that's it so she's run three outdoor 800 finals and two indoor 800 finals 
I think you're, so the margin of victory has always been very comfortable. Now, the question is, how does she respond to a rabbit in this race? Because they're basically, this is an all-star field here. You have all the medalists. You throw in there as well, Natoya Gould, who's really good in these fast time, time trial type races. You have Kate Grace, who's been on fire. We'll see if she can keep it going, but she's around 157. Uh, and then you have Gemma Riki also and Ajay Wilson to go along with, like I said, the podium from Tokyo, which included Rogers and Keely Hodgkinson. But I think the the bigger question here is how fast does the rabbit take the field out? And is she able to tow Mo along to a faster time than she had? Because it's not guaranteed in the 800. We've seen David Risha break a world record without a rabbit. We've seen Kasia Semenya time and time again. Some of those Diamond Leagues, they didn't even give her a rabbit. Like they just saved money on the line item on the budget. There's like, you're going to be the rabbit because you'll be fine. And then she went out and did it like over and over again. So I don't know. I, like she hasn't run in a ton of like rabbited races just in general. So I just want to see it where the focus, the pressure is kind of off here, right? You have to feel, hey, you're playing with house money. You have the pro contract. You just won the Olympic gold medal. You anchored the four by four. It's a total, you have nothing to lose type race. Yeah. And I think that nothing to lose type race could result in her running slower in a, in a weird way. Sometimes nothing to lose makes you go out and run incredible, but also sometimes nothing to lose means you're just, you're just there because you're, you know, the, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Right. I'm just here so I can do my due diligence and collect a, an appearance fee and, you know, my body's been through a lot. It's been through an, an indoor season, an outdoor season, a second outdoor season. You know, the expectation that she should still be on fire August 12th, which is probably when she enrolled in school at A&M last year. It's just like not really as realistic. So she started her season shortly, sure. right? January 16th, maybe. Did she run a December meet? Maybe she even ran a December meet. I don't know. So January. it's not like she started her season in May like a lot of other pros. Yeah. No, no, that's a great that's a great point. I'm just saying the expectations are off. She doesn't like there's no if yeah. she if she went out here and 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 ran slower or even got beat, I don't think anyone's gonna say, Well, that was the whole season for you. She's done everything that she possibly could do. I just wonder, hey, can she can she crack one fifty five? It'll be fun to see. All right, that was the first one. Second one. Same meet. We're getting this again. Inga Britson versus Chariot in a 1,500-slash-mile part third. No. What are we on? He was 0 for 10. 14. 1 for 11. 13. No, 12. No, it's 14. 12. It's 14. That was the, they I'm already they raced 13 times. I'm just counting miles in 1,500s because it was even. It was 0 for 10, okay, and now okay. he's 1 for 11. Can he go 2 for 12, or will he be 1 for 12? I'm I'm very interested in this race. Also, a little more star power there with with Matthew Centrowitz in there for the U.S. Jake Hayward, Oliver Hoare. I just want to see if there's a trend developing, and I know it's going to be hard to know based on this one race because they're flying all the way to the United States to compete in this Bowerman Mile. But I just wonder, was that victory a trend, or is Chariot able to reverse it? Because we're getting a situation, Gordon, where Diamond League miles and 1500s look an awful lot like World Championship and Olympic finals in Diamond Leagues. 
So we can't just write them off and be like, okay, well, he's good in the time trial, but he won't be good in, in a championship style race. I think we can read more into these than we use, than we could in, uh, in times past. I mean, after Jacob won the, the Olympic title, I made a statement that I thought the dam has been broken and now mm-hmm. it's Jacob's time for mm-hmm. to dominate the, yeah. the mile at the world level. It's funny looking at this graphic. It was Cherry was was the was the dude. He was the man, <laughs> and now I yeah. think Ingebrigtsen finally broke his streak, and I don't see him faltering. I mean, obviously, he could always be like a I have a side stitch or I don't feel well or whatever. I got mm-hmm. tangled up, but I think he's going to come in here and I think he's going to win easily. I don't I don't see Cherry beating him. I think this is the trend's going to start. I think I'm going to be proven right in two weeks after my first statement hopefully you know, I, maybe the I dam some is gonna remain I, maybe broken maybe i should put some my maybe i should try to win back my 277 dollars to break even by putting money on jacob winning well and i wonder if if chair adjusts the strategy and he thinks hey ingebrigtsen's tough enough to where he can kick me down now maybe i'm not going to be the guy who leads this this race through the to the twelve hundred again. Maybe he'll get somebody else. I mean, I think it will help though that there is a rabbit because he won't have to stay up front as long. He'll have some help. But yeah, the gap obviously is either non-existent to to gone at this point. But you look at that streak. I'm going to give Cherry a little bit more credit. Maybe he has a chance to to punch back here. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be fast. I don't think that's going to be a 352 51 win. I think it's they're going to try to run PBs. So I think they're going to winning times will be 48 to 47, I think. 48 to 47? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the other part of this too. I know we just talked about the time with the women's eight, but the time would be interesting as well too. These you know, they both run 328 now at the end of rounds. Tokyo track was fast, I get it, but what's 328 get you? 345? It's pretty fast. Pretty, pretty, pretty I yelled pretty at for fast. calling. I got yelled at for calling Jakob, Jacob. Hey, <laughs> it's just a dialect issue, okay? Jakob, Jacob, you know what I mean, okay? It's, it's Jakob. I'm sorry. I got yelled at I one time for... Him. What do you call him? Lil Britson. AI? Lil Britson? I like that. Maybe yeah, let's call him Lil Britson. But he's not Lil Britson I- anymore. He's just Britson. Like, he's... <laughs> He's the dude. He's, he's the guy. He's gold. He's golden Britson now. Yeah, I call him Lil Britson, Mill Britson, and Elder Britson before. Um, I was watching a broadcast actually because I was re going through some footage for a project that may or may not happen. Uh, and the commentator called him Philip until there was fifty meters to go in an indoor race, <laughs> and then switched to Jakob for the last fifty meters. So at least he didn't do that. It could have been way worse for you, Gordon. All right. Yeah. I piss a lot of people off with my pronunciation, so well. Number three. And I will say, in Gordon's defense, it's not because of um, – it, it doesn't discriminate based on where the person's – like, he'll he'll screw my name up randomly. He'll be like, Kaveen, what's going on? I'm like, wait, what? Where did that come from, Gordon? That's not how you say my name at all. Like, it's it can come out any time of day with any person. Not even – I mean, a place. It doesn't even need to be a person. It could be anything – a food. doesn't matter. Number three. Uh Let's go to Warholm in the 400. I'm curious 
to see Carson Warholm in a 400. Now, he said he's going to run it in Lausanne. His PB, he's run sub 45 before. He's also never run it coming off of running a 45.9 in a 400-meter hurdle race. I would like to see Rob Benjamin in here as well because I want to see these two match up in in whatever race they do. You love the person running a 400 who's not a 400-meter runner. They could be a 200-meter runner. They could be a 400-meter hurdler. They could be an 800-meter runner. It doesn't matter. So he's run 44.87. So he would only need to drop about uh, – he has to run one basically 1.1 seconds faster without 10 hurdles in his way. Do you think he can do that? I'll tell you what he can do. I'm bringing it up. I'm going at the points table. Oh, wow. Say, so oh, he, no. His, that's going to give him a lot of credit. His 4594 is 1,340 points, which for an outdoor 400 is 4277. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to run 4277. You know, just knock a few. That's. Uh, <laughs> tenths off that world record. So his, Carson Warren broke the points table is what happened. There. Broke the points table, yeah. He, he he found the limit. So, I mean, he's going to run 44 low. That's probably what he's going to run, right? I don't know, 43? man. It'd be pretty crazy if he ran 43, but I think he can run 43. Yeah. I just feel like the amount of energy – and explosion and just like mental fortitude going into that final it's just not going to be there for an open 400 at a random diamond league like he's just he's not going to push his limits to the a place where for no return you know what i mean like wait wait wait. we're talking about carson he had a, re- he had a reason though carson- to run that 40 i know but he had a reason he had as much as it is carson warholm he had though still a reason like I don't think he runs that time in Monaco when if against Ry Benjamin if they were both running the 400 meter hurdles in July. Do you think he runs 45 9 against Ry Benjamin? No, no, no. no right? But even if he yeah. ran, all right. But even if he's in shape, if you're saying he's in 46 high shape for the hurdles, not 45 high shape for the hurdles, that's still trend. Like he ran. So he ran when he ran. This is not the greatest comparison, but he ran that forty-four eighty-seven in twenty seventeen. That same year, his four hundred meter hurdle PB in twenty seventeen was forty-eight twenty-two. So he's gotten over yep. two seconds faster since then. Galaxy brain, ready for galaxy brain? When you run the four hundred meter okay. hurdles, you actually get ten mini breaks. <laughs> in the race so he was actually doing a a, like a he was doing Mm -hmm. a 10 you know whatever 10 meter repeats i don't know how the the distance between the the hurdles are but like 40 meter repeats because when you're going over the hurdle yes you use a lot of energy to get your body up but that moment when you're floating your body's not moving Mm -hmm. that's like a, a second half a second of rest that you don't get on a flat 400 so you took- he was actually just doing, you know, 10 by 40 meter sprints, which is not the same thing as doing a one by 400 meter sprint. Therefore, yeah. he's only going to run 44 low. I, I th- 44 low, I think, is the slowest he goes. I think we could see a, a 43 here from Warholm. I think we could I see a 43, we could obviously, for the record. from, yeah. from Rob Benjamin. Yeah, your idea about the 10 meter 
breaks is kind of insane. I listen. I mean, his his technique obviously improved. So you can't say you can't just draw a straight line and say, well, he ran forty four eighty seven in the flat four the same year he ran a uh, you know forty forty eight in the four hurdles. So he's going to run three seconds faster now. Obviously, that's not the case, or even two seconds faster now. But I do think that's instructive. He hasn't run a ton of four hundreds in his his career. That's why I'm so excited to see it. Listen, top of the list, I'd like to see him and. I'd like to see him and Benjamin run it back in a four-minute hurdle race, but we're not going to see that. That would be the top of the list. Here's a question. If he runs 43-84, which would be better than Stephen Gardner's yes. Olympic win, do we give him – does Stephen Gardner have to give him the 400-meter Olympic gold so he have both? Well, I did say last year, two years ago, that Safana San won the 5,000 in Doha, even though she didn't run the 5,000, because when you run, when you win the 15 and the 10, you have to give, give up the medal in between. No, I don't yeah. think he has to give, give that up. I'll put some weight on the rounds versus no rounds. But if he does do that, though, I'm going to need to open up a new browser window. I'm going to need to get that Eugene 2022 schedule going to see if that doubles possible because I think he would need to start thinking about running both at that point. Here's the thing. I just got a comment from someone on YouTube talking about Warholm. Whenever we see someone do really well in a 400 meter hurdle, you kind of just want them to do other things, right? You want to see, because mm -hmm. the hurdles just feel like it's finding ways to stop you from your full potential of, of how fast your body can go, right? Open 400. But what we need is we need a live event. This is like UFC style, boxing match, whatever. You get Dana White in there to kind of uh, to announce it, get Joe Rogan doing play-by-play. -play. Held in Norway, do it at whatever time. We need Carson Rohorn versus Jakob Ingebrigtsen in an 800. Who do you think wins? Jakob Ingebrigtsen? Okay, so Okay, make he it 628 and 800. Make, make it 600. Make it a 600. Make it a 600. Who wins a 600? Yeah, 600 that's, gets that's, interesting. That gets yeah. interesting. Yeah. Cuz it'll be kind of cool I, I, both Norway boys just going at it. Yeah. King of Norway, as we call it, the King of Norway. This could be like ala who is it? Michael Johnson versus Donovan uh Bailey. Donovan Bailey. We could do that. Mm -hmm. We could do that again. 600 Carson Warholm Versus Jakob Ingebrigtsen, 600 meters, live from Norway, king of Norway. Winner gets the key to the, the city. <laughs> the key get, to the country. The winner gets the last Viking hat. They only make the one last more. Viking and, they, and they get it. 600, I go Warholm. Anything above 600, I'll go Ingebrigtsen. This, this okay, what well, about 610 runs. meters? 610 meters. Anything above 600, I'm going... Ingerbritson. 601, Ingerbritson gets him. That's where I'm staying. <laughs> Do you remember when the Bolt Farah stuff came out and then someone did a someone did an analysis about when what the what the best distance for them to race? And it was like 587 meters or something. I remember I was at a pre-classic and I asked Farah about it and he just kind of laughed. Well, here's the thing, like there has been other 400 meter hurdle slash 800 meter crossover like 
Some people, you know, there's yeah, the argument. Yeah. They say 400 meter hurdles is the hardest race. Some people say it's the 800. So we have that in common. But we saw like Brandon Johnson. Was it Brandon Johnson who yeah. did was yeah. a 400 meter hurdler and was able to run 144, 145 in the eight? I I think Carson Warholm is work ethic. I think he could run a fast 800. I think he could run. I think he run five. I think uh, not maybe not 145, but he's pretty big. Uh, Jakob's run 146, but that was before he became a. A three twenty eight runner. I guess he did that last. He did that last year, twenty twenty. So he'd be right around that, right around that range. I it it doesn't seem fair for Warholm to run without hurdles because those seem to be the only thing that keep a lid on his just sheer force of will across the track. Like that, his first two hundred in that four hundred Lazan without hurdles is going to be nuts. Someone, someone, get a watch out for that split because. I just feel like the only thing that keeps that guy contained is the fact that he has to stay on slow schedule with his steps. <laughs> yeah, slow down for and stay on schedule with his steps. Otherwise, he would just be uh, completely out of control. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it. What's the? I'm looking at the last time he ran a quarter. So he ran a 400. He ran one indoors in 2020, 45.9 indoors. 2019, he ran 45. 05. Oh, this indoor. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Twenty nineteen around forty five oh five. So he's run a four hundred pretty much every year. He just hasn't set a set a PB since twenty seventeen. So I think PB for sure low forty one. I think is is the floor, and then I think it goes from there. Next one that I want to talk about controversy. Here. Controversy in the what's, next one. We're gonna what's, anger what's an entire. About? I'm going to anger an entire nation with my analysis of it. Well, no, I just, Shakira Richardson's running at the pre-classic. We haven't seen her since USA's. I want to see her run again. What, why is that controversial? I, I, well, I mean, we look at, we had a little conversation about would Shakira have won the Olympic final? Well, your argument had, made no uh, sense there. Four, yeah. 453 comments of, Gordon, you are the worst human being that I've ever heard, which is great, you know. Uh, Most of them were me. But, uh most of them are you or, you know, burner accounts from you. Um, but yeah, I am excited for her. I don't think she's going to run that fast. I think there's going to be, she's going to be coming off of, I don't know. I just feel like there's just, I it's feel like it's going to be a little bit of a letdown. It's gonna be, I feel like it's going to be a letdown. You, yeah. I, I don't know if it's going to be a letdown because she'll, she'll make it exciting. But it's just, it's tough. You're going full gas in your season. Then you have to stop. Yeah. And you get back, right, get back going again. Um, can she put down a low 10-7, high 10-6 high on that track? Good conditions? Probably. But it's less of a short thing than I think it was before. The field should be good, though. I don't, I haven't seen the, they haven't announced it. I'm looking right now at the start list. They don't have the official start lists up yet, but because it is the pre-classic, I think we're going to get, I would guess we would get some other Nike athletes and there's a lot of high profile Nike athletes. I don't know if we're going to get Thompson hurrah or, or Fraser price there as well. Those would obviously be the, the big two that we want to see. Um, but yeah, she'll see. I mean, she hasn't run since June 19th. This will be basically a two month period. Now, there's the motivation factor, though, too. 
Is there anybody more motivated to run fast right now in all of track and field than Shakira Richardson? Maybe some people no, who missed out on medals, yeah. medals, or maybe people who, but the people who missed out on teams still went like went over and raced in Europe or could had the opportunity to race in Europe. So there's probably some people who are frustrated about their Olympic performance, but she's been waiting now for two months to get this opportunity. Yeah. I just think that the, her first races are going to be a little left. I think she'll run like 10, eight, 10, eight, seven or something like that. Like it's good. It shows that her baseline is pretty good, but like, it's going to, I don't think it's going to be a 10, seven, 10, six or anything like that. I think it's gonna be like 10, eight, seven. The races that will be exciting for her is down the line when we get to September and she's running in the diamond yep. league final, then we could, and she's going up against, you know, the other Jamaicans, she might get more ready to go. And then she could be in the 10, seven, 10, six range. But I think first race out of the bag is going to be probably a 10, eight, which is pretty good. If that's your baseline. Uh. You're, so you went for maximal comments yesterday. Now you're going for minimal comments today. Gordon's no, lukewarm I mean, no, take. Well, I just want to be right. I want. I, I think she's gonna. I think she's gonna run ten eight, and then in a month from now she runs ten six. That's what I think. As for sure. is it ten six nine or ten six zero, or ten eight nine or ten eight zero? I don't know. But it's gonna be ten eight and then a ten six. I'm just thrilled we get to see her again. One of the most exciting yes. people in track and field, getting to show her talents to the world. This will be awesome. I'm excited. Normally, post-Olympic or post-World Championship track, I'm like, okay, it's better than no track. But in this case, very excited about seeing her her run. How many times do you think we'll see, not just in pre-classic, but the rest of the season, her race either uh, Thompson, Hurrah, or Fraser Price? I don't think we see that often. I think. Give me a number, Gordon. Do we see it once at least? I think we see it once. I think we see it once. Look at this little Shakari <laughs> Richardson. Uh, pull that up. Y'all back. Be worried. Uh-oh. She's ready to go. Um, That's, do you want to change your pick now? Say, no. But shouldn't say I'm back. Y'all back? Uh, what is? Shouldn't it be I'm back? I don't know. Just she's just saying be like, worried. be worried. Be worried. Okay, I'm, I'm worried. I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited. I, I'm not worried. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm not worried about my prediction. I think 10-8 first rate. I think a 10-8 rust buster is very complimentary in my mind. So that's right. what she is. She's like starting her season over. But yeah, I think we see her race. Uh, Elaine Thompson and or Shelly and Fraser Price one time. Okay. I'll put the over-under at 1.5, and I'll take the under. Next race that I want to see. Fred Curley in a 400. Fred Curley in a 400. Now, <laughs> he's running the 100. That that's like a that's a race that we're like, I want to see Fred Curley do a 400. <laughs> well, he's running the 100 at pre, which is great. I want to, It's great that he's running at pre. I want to see him running at pre. But he's posting a lot about 400 stuff now too on his on his instagram and and elsewhere but he's scheduled to be in the 100 at pre along with um let me pull up the the names here of the other folks but 
it's going to be uh oh it's going to be basically the uh a Tokyo rematch again right so you're going to have Jacobs in there Ronnie uh Ronnie Baker Curly in there as well too I don't know about DeGrasse but also Justin Gatlin will be in there as well but he'll have another crack at the the gold medalist there Jacobs but he's also okay there you go 400 meters soon so he's and he's talking about phase 42 all the time so now my position I take everything Fred Curley says extremely seriously after this last year so if he says 4 meters soon that means it's 4 meters soon if he says phase 42 that means watch out uh we we don't know what he's capable of in a quarter because when's the last time we saw a quarter from him that was way at the beginning of the year right when he went to Zendoha or was it one of those continental tour meets when we saw curly run it was in oh it was in yeah it was that hangalo 44.74 ran two of them last one was june 6th obviously it's pb 43.64 i just want to see it i just want to see what it looks like how he matches up i'm assuming if he's racing there's going to be a good field so we could see you know maybe him and gardner maybe him and zambrano maybe him and karani james so he could get a crack at one of the medalists now and he's a he's a silver medalist now i'm going to plan fred curley's next 12 months for you you ready for this okay sure make sure you cc him i'm gonna cc him fred curley please if you're watching this is what you should do you don't need to take you don't you don't need to pay me for this advice you just gotta take it and do it he's gonna run the 400 hopefully a few more times this year gets into the 400 meter diamond league final wins the 400 meter diamond league final which secures him a wild card berth into worlds next year which means he doesn't need to run the 400 at usa's he only runs the 100 at usa's he runs the 100 usa's finishes top three maybe he wins second third whatever it's gonna be easier to qualify because christian coleman won't count towards the cap because coleman will have a buy but regardless he's he's an olympic silver medalist mm -hmm. so he should qualify that's non-issue qualifies in 100 and then he does the infamous 400 100 meter double in eugene it's easy to do it's two days of the 100 and then you go right into you know uh four day 400s over four days and then do four mm -hmm. by four or four by one and then he, then he gets to choose am i gonna do the 400 or four by one and he's gonna be the ultimate versatile athlete so i'm not i'm i'm I think it's possible for him to also be on the four by four and the four by one. Let me look the schedule. Let me bring it up. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he doesn't need to do the prelims, but yeah, he'll just do. He'll skip the four by four prelims, so he'll do the four by one final and then the four by four final. So Fred Curley, you win the Diamond League four hundred, you go on, and you win the USA one hundred meter trials in twenty twenty two. Then you pull off the 100, 400 double. And then you also lead Team USA to a 4x1, four 4x4 four four double. And you basically become Allison Felix 
2.0, but this time, it's male one version four. of it. It's one of four. four. Okay. I guess Allison was never doing one and four at the same time. She was doing one and two or two and four, but that would be incredible. It works out. The schedule works out to do 100 rounds, 400 rounds, and then four by one, four by four. It would be awesome. And that's what I wanted to do. But first, you got to get that buy because that's key. You got to win the four by, you got to win the 400 diamond league. Or to do a little remix on your vice, what if he won the 100 meter diamond league and got the buy in the 100? He doesn't get it. Christian Coleman gets the buy. Oh, that's He's right. Defending champion. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay. Okay, those are, that's a good That's a good note. That's a good note because as we, we know, a lot of people forget the rules of track and field, including the people who cover it, the people who participate in it. That's right. Okay, so wait, 400 meter. Okay. Hmm. And Lyles has the 200 meter buy. Okay, I'm I'm Lyles running through all the I'm running through all the possibilities here of what's what he should do. Okay. That's not that's not terrible advice. It's not terrible hey. advice. Tweet at Fred Curley this advice. <laughs> don't. Dude, my but advice is he actually, could be a he could win four gold medals in 2022. That's my advice. And he and it makes it easier. He doesn't have to do the 400 at USA's, right? Because then he can kind of. So, so the 100, 400 don't overlap at Worlds? No, they don't. But they probably will overlap at USA's, you know, because they try to do everything in four days at USA's. Yeah. Okay, but that would that would get rid of it, right? He would get rid of that situation. All right. Keep an eye on that one. Phase 42. Hey, man, phase 42. Or phase four for four golds, according to yeah. Gordon here. All right. Four, four golds talk. in two disciplines, the 400 and the 100. Oof. That's what it is. There it is. That's what he really is. meant. Uh, three more here. Hassan, Savannah Hassan, world record attempt. I want to see it in the 5K. I think she's already going for it in the 10K to try to get it back. There's just been this push and pull between her and Latenza Pekka Day, so I get it. But I'd like to see her make a run at the 5K. She's good in the 1500, good in the 10. What do you think? If Safan Hassan runs to try to get the 5K world record, wouldn't the oversaturation of 5K and 10K world records kind of dampen the like impressiveness of it? You know, seeing what Chet the guy did in 2020, you see a 10K world record being broken twice, all this stuff. Like, I'm kind of like 5K, 10K world record attempts are kind of out of style right now for me. I don't know about you, <laughs> but I'm not, you know, they're played out. We like, we get it. People can run fast. Like, I think it's because they, they broke, like, I mean, Chet the guy broke really old records, the 5K and 10K. But then when you see all these other, happening so quickly you kind of want you want world records to happen every five to ten years not every season okay for but here's a specific the specific event the, for a specific event right here's the thing so that might be the case except we're near some round numbers here 2901 is the women's 10k world record 1406 is the women's 5000 yeah. meter record uh, obviously the 5000 is a bigger challenge but i, don't, I feel like she doesn't really had that many shots. Her PB is 14.22, which so she could definitely knock some time off there. She just beat a lot of women 
who have run a lot faster than that. I'll take the world record attempt in either, especially if she's going to smash through that minute barrier there in the 10 or the five. But I just want to see what she can do in a five because I don't think she hasn't had as many sh shots at fast ones as she has in the in the 10 or in the 1500. If she does run 1359, which would be an incredible like barrier to break, and she does it this this later this year, I'm going to definitely have the where would Safana San finish at the 2021 uh, Division One NCAA Cross Country Championship and on the men's side? Would she be All-American? Because you could be All-American in the NCAA Division One Championships with like a 1359 5K PB. Hell, her, mm -hmm. her 10K PB eventually is going to be impressive enough to be top 40. So yeah, uh, 1359 is like... That's like a good male distance runner. Like that's not like a good high school. It's like she's getting closer and close. I mean, obviously it's not thirteen flat like the elites, but thirteen fifty nine would be an incredible feat. Um, so so yeah, I guess it's. I like your idea that round numbers are more exciting than the world record itself. So yeah. So it's it's funny when you're comparing the times because when people were talking about, hey, is she gonna? Is she going to triple? Where would that rank historically? And people were bringing up Emil Zatopak, who at the 1952 Olympics did the triple, 5, 10, and marathon. And they're saying, oh, that's obviously, that would be more impressive, you know, longer distances, just amazing. And it's grueling to get through. But then you look, because he competed in the 40s and 50s, his PBs, 1357 and 2854 and a 223 marathon. So now she's a, a little bit off those, but it'd be hard to make the argument if she surpassed his PBs and also did a triple that, that she's not on that same level because she's literally running faster than he did. Um, yeah. So, so yes, I just, I think I, her PBs are misaligned with the 5K PB. And I just, I like the symmetry. You know, she goes 156. She goes up to the, the 1500 where she's got that 351. Then she goes to the, the 10,000 where she's almost, she broke the world record and she ran 2906. But then in the middle, there's this 1422 and it sort of sticks out. And then she got the 65 minute half marathon. I, I like the, I want people's PBs to be uh, fully optimized at every distance i don't like it when there's an outlier pb that's that's too slow I want, I want the course correction there is all i'm saying um okay two more bromel or michael norman in any race i just want to see those guys run something what do you think interested in that yeah i'm interested but at the same time i don't think we're gonna see 43 second Michael Norman or 97 Bromel, right? I feel like I don't know. Do you, That's what I don't know. That's why I want to see. It. But like I feel like Bromel Maybe Michael Norman runs a 200. With, yeah. Maybe Norman runs 100. We don't know. We don't know what's going on yeah. with them. That's I, true. I just want to see it. I just want to see them compete because we never really got much of a I mean we got some quotes afterwards but never such a Never a huge response. Oh, Bromel tweeted 9.65 9 and then 9.36. Yeah, I like where his head is going. This is good. 
I mean, are those his hundred meter times? I'm guessing. What does nine three six mean? Nine point three six hundred. Yeah, but like the world. That's what's the world record? Nine five, five eight five five eight. What is? I think that means might mean something else. Sometimes okay. these sprinters are really good at posting like crypt. We talk about NBA players posting cryptic troll tweets to NBA fans about trade traded trades and free agency. Dude, sprinters do the same thing with like what's on their mind, like, hey, can't keep me down. And they're like, What? Are you injured? Like what? You know. Um, might be something else. I think the yeah. nine three six right. is something else, maybe. But yeah, I mean you don't it would like be cool one. if Bromel I just feel like they're not healthy. Maybe Norman is healthy that, and just though. needs a, we don't a refresh. Know. We don't know. We don't know. Well, Bromel definitely isn't healthy. He does not run it all he the way up the until. One. Yeah, but like he probably was like, I can, I can run nine eight. I can run nine nine. So they're like, all right, stay on the four by one. But like, I don't think Bromel is nine seven right now. But maybe he is. I don't know. This person, John Hagler, CR. I was like, what nine three six? Wait, what? That's how I'm reacting. Yeah, I, I am excited. I would want to see them run. I just, I guess I only want to see them run if I know when they're running, they're going to give us, they're going to give, they're going to be 100%, right? Because seeing right. them well, that's run the, 70% isn't as, you know, fun. Well, that's the, that's the implication is it means that they're healthy. And then let's see True. where they're at right now going into, because we waited forever for these champion for these these Olympics, but the next one's coming real quick. That's true. The the Eugene World Championships are not a late World Championship, so we're obviously well inside one year to go here. So I I just want to see. I'm curious. All right, you didn't like that one. That's fine. You'll like this one though because you brought this one up. Jamaican women going for the four by one hundred meter world record. That quartet of Brianna Williams, Elaine Thompson, hurrah. Shelly Ann Fraser Price and Sharika Jackson ran um, 41.02 in Tokyo, which was two tenths off the world record set by the American team from London 2012, who ran 40.82. Another, the American team in Rio ran 41.01. So they were just 100th off that. But given the ability, the talent from those four, I think the world record is in their grasp. I have this one as the least likely to happen just because you got to coordinate four people's schedules and put on a four by one. But I would I would just love to see this because there's no guarantee they're all going to be in this shape again. Yeah. Um it's gonna you have to maybe find a diamond league to put it up and like it's also just gonna be hard. I I, I feel like running by yourself in a four by one might be a little feel a little weird. I remember when Team USA had to do that to qualify. They had to like rerun in lane one by themselves at one of the world championships or Olympics. Um, but yeah, they they have the talent to break 4082, which is the world record by US. They have the talent to run faster than that. Yeah. They have the talent to run like 40.5, in my opinion. You just yeah. the one that thing that sucks about relay records is that you really only get them three times out of four years, right? You only get them at global championships. So it's hard to get them to come together for this cause, but I don't know. I mean, we do know that 
I've heard there's a little bit of beef between some of the, the athletes, between Elaine, Shelly, Sharika. I think there's a little bit of a – they used to train together, and then they don't, so maybe they're not going to be too keen of feeling the need to work together. But, hey. This is if, their chance, though. They, 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 all they, get the all, the they all get the world record. Yeah, they all get it. So. Yeah. You got a woman who's run 1061 this year and 1063 on the same team. Not 1061 and 1063 is their PRs at some long forgotten time of their career. Yeah. No, this year, months ago. they had people run Weeks 1061 <laughs> and 1063. They're number two and number three all time from this year. Then you have Shrika Jackson, who's a bronze medalist and ran 1076. Compare those times to the times run by the American team that broke the world record. Or even an all-star team from anywhere in history and Jamaica could go toe-to-toe because they got number two and number three right now. It's not a guarantee that that's going to be the case in 2022. If we could figure out a way to get this race to happen, right? We find a meet to put it on. Obviously, having them by themselves in in a nine-lane track is going to feel a little weird and might kind of screw up their flow. So what would you put... In lanes three, two, and lanes five and six, wherever lane they decide, to kind of simulate a a relay. Do you put other like could we? I mean, do you put Carson Wilhorn running in in lane five? I mean, he can run forty two seventy seven, right? According to my yeah. my points. Like, what do we put in the other lanes to kind of simulate a forty point five pace for everyone else? Because the wave light technology, no one's going to be looking down. What 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 type of is it? Two two, two men two. running like a a two by two hundred. <laughs> you know, get the Lyles brothers, just Josephus and Noah. They just do a two by two hundred. Yeah, I don't know. They're oh, they could do it by themselves, or just put some other teams in there that they blow out of the water. The Swiss are all. I always feel like every Diamond League, whenever there's a four by one, the Swiss are in involved in some way shape or form and they break some sort of record so give switzerland three teams a b and c out there just give jamaica lane they don't need to worry about competition they're just racing against the clock it's fine it probably will be better that way they won't be thinking about everybody they'll just be thinking about their handouts being clean and they'll run that 40.5 you know what would be great if they do do this and they do it at a meet where Shakari is running the hundred, because then you have like the di- the dynamic of like, oh, you guys don't want to race me, or I don't want to race you. Yeah, know, yeah. Like, because if Jamaicans are at a meet that Shakari's at and they're not racing each other, that's going to add yeah. some tension, which is all, which is what you love, right? That tension building up to twenty twenty two. I mean, obviously, we I love think them just straight up racing each other, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say if that's the case, I don't know. Maybe I'd just rather have them race each other, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. They. Too much to coordinate. I put it as the lowest possibility that it will happen, but it would be great. And I think there, this is a historical opportunity that I don't know is going to be there. Now, maybe it will be. Maybe next year they'll come back and they'll run 1061 and 1063 again, and then they'll do it in Eugene with the exact same group. But that's not a guarantee. And when you have two historical greats on your team and then two other really good runners, you got to take advantage of that while you have it. Yeah, you do. That's it for the show. That's all eight. That's it. That's all eight. 
We did it. We got a bunch to talk about next week, though. So we're going to go back to three days a week next week. Obviously, we have the the pre-classic coming up, but we'll start talking about some fall marathons because they're announcing some fields. Just saw that the Zurich Diamond League, they're going to run the 5,000 on a track outside the stadium that's like 560 meters long. So there's plenty of things to talk about. We'll do it all next week. Thanks to Colt for producing. Thanks to Travis for producing. Have a good weekend, everyone. We will talk to you on Monday.